Praise God. Thank you, Bishop. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. If you're glad to be in God's house one more time, give him a great big hand clap and let him know how much you love him. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you. Amen. You may be seated. David, the great psalmist, prophet, and writer, song writer, song singer, musician, shepherd, said, I was glad. There's a lot of things could have made him glad, but he said, I was glad. When they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Not only is it good to be in God's house, it's good to be living one more time in Bethlehem. Wow. We didn't know, you know, we'd make full circle in the last 64 years, but we have. And 64 years ago in April, God filled me with the Holy Ghost, was baptized in his name, came down a few months later in July to camp meeting and uh, met this wonderful Wilson family. And uh, it's been an enrichment to my life and to my walk with God and this wonderful church. Didn't look this way then. It was way back there, I think, three buildings ago. Had a prayer room and an outhouse. Prayer room was the woods and so was the outhouse. Amen. But it's come a long ways, and we appreciate it. Give honor to Pastor Boscus, who's out of town tonight, ministry, and to Bishop Steve Wilson, my good friend. That's the first time I saw him was 64 years ago. And uh, he was polishing a pair of white shoes. Can you believe that? But we're going to go right to the word of the Lord tonight in the book of Joshua, the fifth chapter. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with us, or I'm sure they'll have it on the screen. Joshua 5, and beginning in verse 2, and we'll read down through verse 6. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel, the second Time, And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way. After they came out of Egypt, Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us, a land that floweth 
with milk and honey. And before you're seated, aren't you thankful that we have a promise of a better place? Amen. And if God refused to let his own natural olive branch go into the promised land because of unbelief. The Bible said, how much more shall we who are the wild branches grafted in if by unbelief be kept out and not enter into the promise? I want to enter into the promise. Haven't made it yet. It doesn't matter if you've had the Holy Ghost 64 years or 64 days. You've still got to press on and endure to the end if we're going to hear the Lord say, well done. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. I'll go back here to verse 5, and it said, Now all the people that came out of this were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness... By the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. I want to uh, teach, preach, maybe a little combination of both. Not a whole lot of difference. Preaching is, uh, teaching is, is telling and preaching is yelling. But we get the word out, amen. And for a little while tonight, I'd like to talk about being born in the wilderness. The Bible said these that he circumcised had not been circumcised because they were born in the wilderness. And for whatever reason, during that 40 years of wandering in the wilderness through unbelief and doubt of God's word, for some reason they neglected a very important ordinance which was called the covenant between Israel, God's people, and God. This covenant started with Abraham, and that was called the covenant of circumcision. It was a contract by blood between God and man, and between man and God. And it represented the removal of the flesh or the carnality and carnal nature of man to turn his life toward God and to become, to become God-like again. For when God first created man, he created man in his own image and in his own likeness. But man, because of disobedience to God's commandment, turned away from God, and ever since then, every man that is born is born in the wilderness. The wilderness is described as a wild place, a desert, an empty place, a desolate place. Also, this word wilderness in the Hebrew means a sinful nature. It was the psalmist David in chapter 51 of Psalms in verse 5 that declared, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. You see, we were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. And that's why the scripture said you must be born again. Hallelujah. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, you know, he, he was like a, a, a politician. 
They can make a lot of promises and they can do a lot of bragging and they can do a lot of trying to build you up because they want your vote. And I don't know if he was running for office. He was a ruler among the Jews, but he came to Jesus, but he also did it at night because he didn't want to offend those that didn't like Jesus. That sounds kind of like politicians. He came to Jesus and he said, oh, no man can do the great things that you do except God be with him. And, and you know, Jesus didn't start kicking his feet and said, oh, thank you, brother. I sure appreciate all those kind words. He just looked at him and said, you got to be born again. And he said, well, what do you mean born again? How, how must I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee that ye must be born again, except the man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, we were born in sin and we've got to be born again. We were born in the wilderness and we've got to be transformed to paradise. Hallelujah. We may have been born in the wilderness, but through the new birth, we're born into the promises of the, of the, God, of the land that God has prepared for his people. Circumcision was God's covenant with his people. It was a type and a shadow of repentance and remission of sins. They were circumcised, and the Bible said they passed through the waters of Jordan. Before God would allow these folks that were born in the wilderness to cross the Jordan and into the promised land, he said they've got to be circumcised. They've got to have the flesh removed. I'm going to tell you something. We, we hear a lot about people getting baptized in Jesus' name, and I thank God I believe in it, and it, it's the only way you can get your sins washed away. We hear a lot about people receiving the Holy Ghost, and I thank God I still believe in that. I believe you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. But when you talk about hearing people say, oh, we had a great revival. We had uh, 10 be baptized and 20 got the Holy Ghost. But you never hear much about repentance. But Jesus said, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Did you know that it's God's will for every one of us here tonight to repent? We don't have to ask if it's God's will to save a soul. He said it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. <laughs> repentance is a change of mind. Repentance is a change of heart. Repentance is just not a prayer that's prayed in the altar. Repentance is a turnabout. If you were in the military, it would be called an about face, where you turn and walk in a, do, a new direction, where you make up your mind that you're not just sorry that you were born in the wilderness. You are thankful that God calls you out of the wilderness. You see, we don't come to him as we are and stay as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us in the wilderness. He has promised a glorious land flowing with milk and with honey. 
So circumcision represents or is a type of repentance and remission of sins. Going across and through the waters of Jordan was a type of baptism for the remission of sins. They were circumcised and passed through the waters of Jordan. With who? Who was it that went before them? Moses couldn't because Moses himself disobeyed God. When God said to speak to the rock, Moses decided he's going to do it his way. I'll just smite the rock. Somebody said, well, what difference does it make? Water came out. Uh, if The end result is all that matters. Not with God, my friend, because God has a plan and God ha- is meticulous about his plan that we must obey every dot and every tittle and every part of the commandments of God. The scripture said if we keep all the commandments and offend in one point, we're guilty of it all. Somebody said, what does it matter if you, if you get plunged under the water or get sprinkled with the water? Because the Bible said to be baptized. That word means to be dipped or plunged under or buried. You don't bury somebody by sprinkling dirt on their head. You take them down into the grave. I'm glad I went down the watery grave in Jesus' name. Somebody said, it doesn't matter what you say over them. Oh, you leave the name of Jesus out. You've just gotten wet. You went in a dry center and came up a wet center. But when you get the name of Jesus applied, well, hallelujah, it's the only name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. So when they were circumcised, it's a type of repentance of the cutting off of the flesh, the carnal nature, went through the waters of Jordan. It was a type of baptism crossing through the waters. And with them was a new leader. And his name was Joshua. That is the Hebrew equivalent of the Greek word. Does anybody know? Jesus. Matter of fact, in the New Testament, when they talk about Joshua, they call him Jesus. Because it is the it is the Greek form of the Old Testament Hebrew form of Joshua, which means Jehovah saves. Hallelujah. I'm glad we serve a Savior tonight. Woo, hallelujah. Thankful for a Savior. So the Bible says that with Joshua, they crossed over through the waters. He circumcised them. The Bible speaks about repentance and remission of sins in Luke 24 and verse 47. You can put that scripture up and notice what it says. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So repentance, circumcision, baptism, being baptized in his name for the remission of your sins through that act of circumcision, it was a type of coming out of the wilderness and having the old nature cut off and a brand new man go down in the water, baptized in the name, the blood applied to wash away all of those sins and then to be resurrected to walk in newness of life through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The scripture tells us that Jesus was preached. Baptism or repentance and remission of sins was preached in his name. 
Beginning where? At Jerusalem. Who was it? It was Peter. They got up there and said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many want the promises of God in your life? If we obey his word, if we do what he says to do, it's going to happen. Colossians, the second chapter tells us uh, what this is all about and it shows you the type of what circumcision represented. In the second chapter in verse 8 of Colossians 2, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in them... Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I was following the tradition of men. I was following the rudiments of the world. It didn't say them, did it? For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Woo! And ye are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Let me declare to you tonight that Jesus is not the second person in the Godhead. He's not the first person in the Godhead. He's not the third person in the Godhead. He's not in the Godhead. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him bodily and you are complete in him. Woo! Hallelujah. I still believe in one God. I still believe that Jesus is that God, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful Counselor. So he says you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Everybody say Jesus is the head. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Now the circumcision that God spoke to Abraham about and and in the law of Moses was the circumcision of hand, uh, that hand performed. But the scripture tells us that those were shadows and types of things to come. And here's what it is a type of. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, does anybody know enough about this English grammar to see at the end of verse 11, it ends with a colon, which means what follows describes what came before. The body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, and here he explains what that is, being buried with him in baptism. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm glad that uh, the Lord brought me out of the birth of the wilderness uh, into the new birth. And that new birth consists of what? Of water and of the Spirit. When I was baptized in Jesus' name some 64 years ago, the Lord washed all of my sins away. Amen. He covered me by the blood. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And notice what it goes on to say. We are buried with him 
in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened or raised up together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Woo! Somebody ought to be happy enough to shout thank you Jesus. He washed my sins away. He washed my sins away. I'm thankful that I came out of the birth of the wilderness. I don't know about you but so, now, some of you folks was pretty wild. Yeah. Amen. I thought I'd hear a few amens on that one, but maybe you're ashamed of that. But such, the Bible said, such were some of you. But now you washed. Now you justified. Come on, now you sanctified by the blood of the Lamb and by the Spirit of our God. You see, uh, we, we may have been born in the wilderness, but now we got born again. Hallelujah. And when you got born again, you got born into a, a new creature, a new man. All things are passed away and all things have become new. So we are not only buried with him in baptism, we are also risen with him. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the death, burial, and resurrection. We die out to sin and repentance. That's what circumcision represents. We go through the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then that is we are buried with him in baptism. We are resurrected to walk in newness of life through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Let's go back to Joshua, the fifth chapter, for just a few minutes, because there's something else I want to show you that to me was amazing. Uh, may not amaze you as much as it did me, but it, I got excited about it when I read it. In, in the fifth chapter, and, and let's see, about the, I think it's around the eighth verse. If you could put that up on the screen there, Joshua 5 and 8. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt. I've rolled away the wilderness off of you. Hallelujah. I've rolled away the place of the wild people. I have rolled away the sins that were all over you. I have rolled them away this day. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month. At evening even in the plains of Jericho. Now watch this. They, they kept the Passover on the 14th. It was on the 14th day of that first month of the day of the Passover that Jesus was offered as a sacrificial lamb. On the 15th day of that month, the Bible said in verse 11, they did eat the old corn of the land on the morrow or the day after the Passover. That was the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. 
and it went on for seven days. But that was the day that Jesus rested in the tomb. And then on the third day, or the 16th day, as, as it would be after the, uh, in that first month, the manna, notice this now, they did eat the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes, parched corn in the selfsame day, and the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten the old corn. So on the 16th day, which would have been the day that Jesus resurrected, they quit eating manna. And that may seem insignificant to you, but think about this now. For 40 years, God had been feeding them with manna. And everybody here knows what manna means, don't you? Because pastor just preached about it Sunday night. What is it? They didn't know what it was, so they just called it, what is it? That's what manna means. What is it? But on this day, praise God, not just coincidence that it happened to be the day that Jesus resurrected the true bread of life. He said, your fathers ate that bread that came from heaven, but I'm the true bread that cometh from heaven. They ate that manna, that what is it? And they died in the wilderness, but I am the true bread of life. And you eat of this bread, you're going to live and have eternal life. So we don't need the what is it anymore. The manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Hallelujah. Let me say to you this evening that God has prepared the fruit of the land. The scripture tells us in Isaiah 1 and verse 18, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now look at this next verse. If ye be willing, and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. What does the Bible say in Acts 5 and 32? God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. Now here we have God's plan of salvation. Come let us reason together. That's repentance. We're going to reason it out with God saying, I need, I got things in my life I've got to cut out. So anybody had to cut some of the wild nature out of you? That old wild man where you dwelt in the wilderness, where you was born. We cut out that old flesh. And the scripture tells us that when we reason together, that's repentance with God. We cut out the flesh, the carnality, carnal nature. Though your sins be as Scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. That's water baptism. The only way you can have your sins washed away. Somebody sung a song, wrote a song years ago that said that uh, that red, that, that same red blood 
can take our black heart and make it white as snow. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that you don't have to live in the wilderness where you were born, but that God has given you a brand new home, a brand new place. We can come right here in the house of God at Bethlehem. Hallelujah. The house of bread, if you please, in the Hebrew. And we can eat the good of the land because he said, if you'll do this, just repent. Be baptized, your sins will be washed away. You can eat the good of the land. There's God's plan of salvation. It's from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You don't have to worry about it. In the Old Testament, it was shadows and types, but no more manna, no more shadow, no more types. Jesus has resurrected. He was the first fruit of the resurrection. Praise the Lord. And we are getting ready to resurrect with him. We already have one. We got the Holy Ghost, but we're going to have a, a, a physical resurrection and leave this old world, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so on that day they did eat the fruit of the land which represents the Holy Ghost. No more, everybody say no more manna. No more what is it? You know why? Because now it is revealed. Jesus said, I'm the true bread that cometh from heaven. Acts, the second chapter, verse 12. Does anybody love the book of Acts? Oh, I do. Verse 12, and they were all amazed. What, what were they amazed about? Because on the Gentiles, or, or I'm sorry, on the Galileans was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost and all these folks from all over the world that had come here for the Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem were amazed when they heard Galileans speaking in their own language. I still believe God ordained speaking in tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. Amen. David, my son, brought his soon-to-be wife when he came from Colorado to Indiana. God renewed him in the Holy Ghost. She had never seen anything like this in her life. She was born, raised in Hungary, and over there you were either Catholic or atheist. And she said, I always wanted to know more about Jesus. I always wanted to love Jesus, but I didn't know anything about it. But my wife had a dream, and she saw David, at that time, friend, Fru, come to our church and stand right down here at the altar, throw her hands up, and start speaking in tongues. She told David that on the phone. He said, Mama, would you tell Fru that? And handed her the phone, and she told her, and she said, Ooh, I've got goosebumps all over me. <laughs> got goosebumps all over me. And so they came to Indiana, moved there. That Sunday, God renewed David in the Holy Ghost after 20-something years of, of alcohol and drugs and all kind of wilderness living. And uh, his son was there at that time, was 12 or 13 years old, and he saw it 
what happened to his daddy, and he said, I want to get baptized. And I baptized Connor, and he received the Holy Ghost right there in the water. And uh, after that, Fru came up to the front, just like my wife saw her in the dream, stand right there, and lifted her hands and started speaking in tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And I... I was amazed because, you know, we, we think sometimes people that hadn't been around this much, uh, you know, not much chance of them getting this because they got to kind of figure it all out, understand. No, sometimes they're more hungry for it than any of us that have been around it all of our lives. But she said the thing that really, not only just what I felt and, and the love that I felt from everybody, but she said, did, did you know that while you were up there speaking, tonight that you started talking in Hungarian and I said I don't know any Hungarian she said I know that she said but you were speaking in tongues and you were speaking in Hungarian and, and she told me what I said and she said I punched David and said he's talking in my home language I'm telling you, God knows how to get your attention. God knows how to let you know this is real. This is not some jumble mumble stuff. This is almighty God revealing his word and revealing his truth to people. Because he don't want you living in the wilderness. Praise God, get out of the wilderness and get in there where God's glory is. Can you say praise the Lord? So she, <laughs> she got this, and then first thing she said to David, why did you ever leave this? <laughs> why would you ever leave this? But I'm telling you, the devil's a liar and the father of it. He'll make you think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And you'll lose the best thing you ever had in your life when you leave Jesus. You don't have to look around anymore and say, what, what, what is this? Look. So they, they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Some were in doubt, verse 12 said, some were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? They're going back to manna now. What is this? <laughs> what is it? But you know why? Peter said what he said because they ate no more manna after that. The man, everybody look, look over at your name and say, the manna ceased. Everybody say, no more manna. No more what is it? Why? Because Peter said, because now we know what it is. Watch what he says now. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known. Everybody say, God wants me to know this. Be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. What is this? Here he is. 
This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for filling me with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to walk around not knowing what it is. But this is that. Woo, hallelujah. Old pastor used to, I've heard him many a time, old brother Rex Dyson, he used to say, if this isn't that, I'm going to keep this till that comes. But I'm telling you, there's no ifs and ands and buts about it. This is that. This is that. No more manna. No more wondering. No more guessing. What is it? This is that. Everybody say, this is real. It is now revealed. What meaneth this? This is that. That was spoken by the prophet Joel. God's going to pour out his spirit. Now we know what the Holy Ghost is. Now we know. Somebody came up to me Sunday and I think it was, uh, well, I think it was Sister Gail. used to be works. I don't know if her name was there. But she, she told me, she said, I still got the Holy Ghost. Because <laughs> she got the Holy Ghost, I think, in a revival that we were preaching years ago. I'm so glad to hear that people still got the Holy Ghost. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Pipkin back then, I think. Uh, at Sister Betty Wayne's funeral, young lady came up to me and said, do you remember me? And I said, young lady, she's probably 60. That's young now. Maybe a little older than that. She came up to me and she said, do you remember me? I said, I don't believe so. Give me a little hint or something. She said, I was the first one you ever baptized. I said, splintered back Mississippi. <laughs> she said, that, that's right. <laughs> I said, there was two of you girls. She said, the other one was my sister, and we're still living for the Lord. Still, I think both of them was married. One married to a preacher. Still got the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Still baptized in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, the devil tried to stop it. We, back then, that we, we didn't have these nice baptistries. We used a bar pit. Has anybody know, ever heard of a bar pit? Well, I, I, there's a few of you. Some of you aren't country enough yet. Well, I was so city, I had no idea what a bar pit is. It is I found out it's a big old ditch alongside the road, and it was full of water. And I and Brother Galloway, Brother Leo Galloway, asked me, he said, you want to baptize these girls? I said, well, never baptize anybody. He said, now's a good time to start. I said, all right. So I'm standing there all excited about it. It was nighttime. We had to pull the cars up, shine lights down over the bar pit. I'm getting ready to walk out there. I'm a city boy from Memphis, and I'm getting ready to go into a bar pit. Never heard of one. And, and here's some old boy slipped up behind me and said, that bar pit's full of alligators. <laughs> I know no better. I didn't know we didn't have alligators down here. I thought, well... And I'm, I'm kind of hesitating a little bit and backing up a little bit. And then them girls walked off. They was about 15, 16, walked off in that water. And here I was. Them 15-year-old girls can walk in there. Surely this old 18-year-old uh, boy can. So I walked off in the bar pit. And 
baptized them in Jesus' name. They're still living for God because we don't have to wonder what is it anymore. Come on, this is what it is. This will keep you. Come on, this will help you. This will minister to you. This will feed you. This will keep you until the end. I'm telling you, when God gives you the Holy Ghost, he gives you power not just to make it for a day or two, but to make it for years and decades. Don't you ever turn back. Don't even look back because you've got the greatest thing in the world. The devil would like to stop it right now, but he can't because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Everybody say, now we know. The fruit is the promised land. Acts 2, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. No more manna, no more guesswork. Stand with me tonight. You're glad that you've repented of your sins, you're glad that, and I, I'm going to say something, some people don't quite understand repentance, but repentance is a gift. The Bible said, then hath God granted repentance, the gift of repentance unto the Gentiles. Do you know what we were? We were wild men and women. We were born in the wilderness. We were shaping in iniquity. We were Aliens against the commonwealth of Israel. We were foreigners and strangers with no hope and without God. But God had mercy upon our souls. And even though we were born in the wilderness, God said, I'm going to give you a new birth. Hallelujah. You might have been born in sin, but I'm telling you, when you got born again, you got born in Christ. Woo, and you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. If you're glad you repented one day, God granted you the gift of repentance and he washed your sins away. Whether you were baptized in a bar pit or back there in that baptistry or wherever it was, Jesus washed all those sins away. You passed through your Jordan with Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Lord. If you're glad you got the Holy Ghost and you don't have to wonder what is it anymore. How many remember when you used to wonder what is that all that's going on down there? What is that that's taking place? I remember baptizing Brother Ronnie Cummins out there. It was, I don't know if that was a bar pit or not, but I know one thing, it was ice cold right in the middle of the winter. It's still holding on, brother. Did it work? Ain't no man, is it? You know what it is. <laughs> but if you're glad you've repented and baptized in Jesus' name, got the Holy Ghost, I want you to take a moment and come up here and walk down to this aisle and say, thank you, Jesus, that I've got something that's going to keep me. I might have been born in the wilderness. I might have been an alien. I might have been a heathen. But I've been born again. I'm so glad that I got born again. Hallelujah. All things are passed away. And all things have become new. Isn't it beautiful? Look, at, look around you. Look at all the people that were born in the wilderness. But got born again. Hallelujah. 
Brother Billy, I remember when you was praying for the Holy Ghost. It's real, isn't it? You don't have to wonder what is this. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's real. It's real. It's real. Oh, hallelujah. Just lift your hands for a moment and thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just reach out and touch him right now. Say, Lord, I need another touch. Let me feel your presence again in my heart, in my life. You will find it's not too busy to hear your heart cry. Oh, it's passing by this moment. All your needs to supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. Oh, just reach out and touch the Lord. Touch Him Thank you for the new birth, Lord. Thank you for the born-again experience. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to wonder what it is anymore. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to live where we were born. But we can live in a brand new body, a brand new life, a brand new promised land, and eat of the bread of life in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of prayer. Oh, yes. Give Brother Carson a good hand clap. Wasn't that a good word tonight? Good word. Amen. The water's ready. You can be baptized in Jesus' name tonight. Amen. And receive the Holy Ghost as well. Wow. Thank you, Brother Carson. Good word of God. Amen. Amen. I have a special request for Brother Charles Thomas, very sick today. Let's pray for him and maybe... Others that have a need, if you have a request, uplift your hand here. Amen. That's right. Let's pray. In Jesus' name, thank you for healing many times. God, you've helped us through many situations. You've healed and blessed us all these hands, whatever they represent tonight. Will you heal, save, deliver? Touch Brother Charles in Jesus' name. Rebuke the pain and trouble. Make everything all right, all for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Shake hand with somebody. Tell them you'll see them Sunday, you hope. 